Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. August 12th, 2020. The Singer Sewing Machine. Culottes vs. Capri Pants, The Squeeze Box, and Waking Up a Former President. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it, and have an awesome today. Would you? Hello. Hello. How are you this day? I'm good, but you might be even better because we are ticking ever closer. Well, wait, don't spoil it. Before we get into the real meat of the show here, mm -hmm. I do want to point out that we were just having this discussion. The video viewership has been at a pretty steady, non-existent level yeah. until the episode Full Frontal Broadway, which had like a 10 times multiple... <laughs> For full frontal, so from now on, I think all the episodes are going to be named full frontal something. Well, hey, if it works, it works. It's, we found our niche. It's something. People if I look could, at your full frontal, yeah, I can't. <laughs> we're showing it right here. Mm. Ooh, that's good. All right, so it is August twelfth, twenty twenty, and while as you were getting ready to share the buzz and excitement of it is the eve of my birth and that is the more exciting portion of this segment By which far. isn't a segment um today is in fact the queen's birthday in thailand well she turns 41 she's practically a baby yes compared to us right yes. <laughs> well happy birthday to the queen of thailand yeah all yeah. right well i got i got two kind of just i don't know they're, they're mildly interesting. Okay. Uh, both of them meant something to me. 1851, the sewing machine is patented by inventor Isaac Singer. Mm. Singer Sewing Machine. Singer Sewing Machine. My mother is, yep. a, is she's not dead. She just doesn't sew much anymore. Right. That's why I was going to say was, but she is an excellent seamstress. When I was a yes. kid, she sewed my dad's suits. Even. Yes. And I guess you'd say Taylor as well then in right. her repertoire. 
That's um, not easy. Yeah, sewed her own clothes, did has done stuff. To this day, if I called her up and said, you know, hey, I, I need some pants hemmed or something, she could do it. Now, I wouldn't do that because I've had some pants hemming experiences with her before where, <laughs> you know, I'd spend a decent amount of money on the pants. It only has to happen once. Yeah. Drop a decent yes. coin on yes. some britches and next thing you know, one leg looks like a culotte and the other one doesn't. <laughs> a culotte? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a great word and a great pant style. And I think we need to bring them for men, both back. For men? Yes. I didn't tell you this the other day. Things register to me. I see details a lot. And things register to me and really throw me off my game that often I forget to share them with you. And then they randomly come up in conversation. I love it. Do it. Let's make it happen. When I had gone to Lowe's to shop for our smoker. Yes. On the way in. On end? No. It would be actually on the way in, not on the way in. That's two different portions of the store. Uh, I don't have a pass to the end, so I can't get in. I can't. You always do this. As soon as I take a sip of any anything, you always launch into something that inevitably is going to make me spit. I think I think it's uh, psychosomatic. No. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're at Lowe's. Anyway, I was avoiding the end and actually on my way into the store, and I was in my own little thought dungeon running through some stuff, kind of you know, conscious of where I'm walking, but not paying attention. And then I, just as I bring my eyes up, as I'm nearing the door, a guy's beeline and across in front of me. Now, he he looked like a, a true redneck in terms of, it's been a while since he's last haircut. And maybe it's a toss up between whether it was the haircut or the bath that happened most recently. Sure. And yeah. Neither one may have been in this calendar year. Yeah had on a pretty ratty t-shirt, some kind of weird hat that really didn't fit any genre. It wasn't ball cap, wasn't cowboy hat. I don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. um, he had on a pair of camouflage culottes. Okay. It so threw me off my game because I didn't know. And I mean like true army camo, looked like army issue even. I don't know. Uh -huh. It threw me off. So I followed him for a little bit just to try to get a look at him. Like, did he, did he homemade those? Did he find them somewhere? I could, I never could figure it out. It was really bizarre. You don't expect to see camo culottes and definitely not on a redneck. Wait, help me think about what is a culotte exactly? How is it cut? It's to the mid of the capri. Shit. I'm sorry, not culotte, capri pant. That's yes. what I'm thinking. Okay. The culottes are a thing. They're like yeah, a short, like a Bermuda short. I thought thing. culottes were like the dress that they just sewed a seam up through the crotch, so it was kind of pants too. Hmm. I'm not an expert on either capri pants or culottes. Obviously, I didn't know that there was a camouflage version of either, and I'm sure there is of both now. <laughs> I need some culottes. Number one. Number two. I also want some camouflage capris. We. That was weird. Uh, the dogs are asleep barking. Now. Yes. I am a redneck. That's fine for it's you. It's been a long time since I had a haircut. I just don't think they, I don't think they're right on a man. Unless you're Italian and live in Italy and make no plans to ever leave your continental residence. <laughs> maybe portions of France, maybe. Okay. But I feel like that's just an Italy thing. I could be wrong. 
I know that you were amused by this. I'm taking it very seriously. I'm going well, to go directly okay. to see if I can You're find some You're going to go out increase. to the Lowe's and hang out looking for that guy? I absolutely okay. am, and I'm going to go in the way end. You can't. You don't have the pass. I do have a pass. You don't know me. I absolutely have a pass. This is all about a sewing machine, and it went way off the rails here. <laughs> way off. 1856, just five short years later, we have Anthony Foss patenting the accordion. It's the instrument of your people. It is the instrument of my people, at least one third of my people, mm -hmm. maybe more. I think probably I bet some all of them to a degree. Up an accordion. Oh, the Czechs love the accordion. My well, grandpa I was thinking played. of the Germans. Yeah, they, and it's it, they're all, I mean, they're all essentially the same people over there. It's just like, we're drawing a line right here. Yes. I'll fight you for it. They have to get on their Lederhosen and play the Possibly. accordion. Possibly. My grandpa was a large man. Yes. And I say that in width, not in height. Right. He's, I've inherited a little bit of his, I think Nico really has inherited his bone structure. Mm -hmm. Just barreled. Yes. Thick. My grandpa's fingers were like almost as big around as a silver dollar. Just a thick guy. Yeah. I wouldn't say thick ass boy. That's <laughs> a, it's a different deal. But he could, you would never expect to see this guy with these huge fingers, really nimble. He could play the squeeze box. Yes. Well, and thank goodness it was invented in 19, 1856. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, he'd have been out of luck. Yes, that's for sure. Speaking about luck, <laughs> I don't know why I have the sillies today. Speaking about of luck, though, in 1898, Hawaii formally annexed by the U.S. 1898. 1898. I mean, we didn't, it wasn't like you could call them and be like, hey, we're going to. No. Is it, would they just send them there a was some, letter? There was some diplomatic horse poopery around it. Oh, yeah? If you go to the Noble Blood podcast, which I have mentioned on Sort of Awesome before, for sure. And I feel like I've mentioned it on Awesome today. Yeah, yeah. I think so. One of the early episodes, I want to say like maybe in the first like. 10 episodes. She covers the story of the last queen of Hawaii. And if you go listen to that episode, it does tell the story of how it came to be that Hawaii was annexed by the U.S. Okay. I can't remember the details and I'm not going to try to be super problematic and try to tell you the story of it. I'm just saying, if you would like to hear the story okay. of it. Well, that was an unplanned addition to the Watch, Read, Listen, yes. Lifestyle section. That's right. There we go. Section, not segment. It's definitely not a segment. Hey, 1908, the first Model T is built. Right on. And thank goodness it was. Yeah. And yeah. now we have vehicles. Now we have all the models, not all just the, the models. T. That's right. So, 1925, twin brothers, you know. Any... You're racing through this like you got pills to take later. <laughs> this is the espresso. Is it? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, <laughs> I know you've got a few stories later. Yeah, but... Do you have a thing on the Model T? Um, anything to say. Well, I was there when it rolled off the assembly line. <laughs> I had just finished fighting in one of the great wars uh, prior to the later great wars. <laughs> and I looked over at my my young protege, Henry, and said, well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> Your protege. <laughs> um, okay. But I do. I'm excited to get to this story, though. Yeah, it's a, it's cool. Because it is. It's from 1925, and this is the year that the twin brothers, Norris and Ross McWhorter, are born in London, England. Yes, they are. 
I love any story involving twin boys because I am, of course, deeply connected to that mm -hmm. connection. So, and you have a, a horrible England accent. I do. I'm not, I the children hate it. I, they hate it so much. That's like. I don't like it, but the fact that they hate it makes me root you on. I want you to do it constantly. Should I read the rest of this in my horrible British accent? They're not here, and they'll never listen to this. <laughs> to be annoyed. Save it, yeah, save it for the real impact. For, I'll just save it for dinner time tonight, and I'll be like, Hey, kids. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gonna believe. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. I can at least say governor at the end you of the You gotta throw <laughs> governor on everything, right? <laughs> Well, listen, the McWhorters, <laughs> I don't know why I got so tickled. In 1954, they published, they're the writers, editors, and creators of the Guinness Book of Records. Yeah. That book itself holds the world's record as the most sold copyrighted book. You know so, why they had to point out copyrighted? Why? Because nobody can compete with the Bible. Oh, and the Bible's not copyrighted. That's right. Who would hold that copyright? I guess the Catholic Church would. That's what I was going to say. Ha -ha. The, the Catholic Church would. <laughs> um, so, yes, I love the Guinness Book of Records. I can remember being, I was probably middle school age, and I got super fascinated with the yeah. Guinness Book of Records and just like all. Was it from the book fair? You bought one of those? I think there? it was from the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah. Yes. And just like all of the, like the capacity of humans to do things is astounding to oh. this day. I kind of actually want to go pick one up and read it because. Why do you think they went up. with book fair instead of like book carnival? I mean. Because some of the question. people that brought them looked like carnies. Carnies for sure. Um, that's a good question. Maybe because there's no rides involved. Well, there's. No cattle being shown at the book fair. That's a true point. You are absolutely correct in that. No I, livestock barns. I did love a book fair. I thought you were going to say the livestock barns. It's like, really? That's <laughs> No, they stink. That I never would have used that. Been through just a few, and it was a few too many. Yeah, you want to know some other gross details? Later. You travel an animal. Yeah. Their nerves are pretty high. Yeah. Just like humans, their old guts get a little bit liquid when they're nervous. <sighs> you go walking through the livestock barn, you may get sprayed with... Decorative stench. You have been growing. You grew up a little bit more rural than I did. A little more. And you have been or in the up close in the business of animality. <laughs> Animal familiarity. <laughs> Way more than I have. And I'm glad that you hold the family record for that. Most hours spent around lifestyle. <laughs> it is a record. That boy can't read, but he knows his way around a horse's ass. That's terrible. Don't say that. You have to take over for me. I cannot stop You're, laughing. You got the giggles. I today. got the giggles. All right. Well, let's get serious here for a minute. Okay. 1943. The alleged, that's a heavy funk on it, alleged mm, date yes. of the first Philadelphia experiment test on U.S. Navy ship USS Eldridge. Are you familiar with this? I have no idea what you're talking about, Ned. I when I first saw the the head headline, I guess uh, whatever bullet point. It was not in a bullet planner, as it were, but it was a bullet point. Yes. I was like, yeah. I mean, my 
my memory, I remember remembering at some point in time what this was, right? But in the moment, it's like I'm, there's too many Kevin Bacons between me and there. The degrees <laughs> of separation are too big. Yeah. Couldn't remember, but then I could, like, remember it well enough that I could throw off in, in public, you know, oh, yeah, it's like the Philadelphia experiment. And really? I could use it appropriately. Okay. Kind of like some words that, like, you, I'm not entirely sure what it means, but you can throw it in the conversation. Other people aren't either, yeah. but they're like, yeah, that. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I was. So okay. I, I had to dig in a little bit. And then it dredged up some memories as well. Um, so Albert Einstein introduced us to unified field theory. Of course. Which yes. was... Of course he did. Yes. yes. Actually a class of potential theories which sought to give mathematical and physical descriptions to the nature of the forces, electromagnetism and gravity, and ultimately unifying the two. Okay, this is important if you're going to be a flat earther. Oh, no. It actually is. It actually is. I was, when I read this, I was like, hey, I, I remember seeing stuff about this. Listen, listen. <laughs> that is hilarious enough as it is, but. <laughs> Do we need to pause production? Goodness. I'm glad I bring good, humiliating myself humor to your life. You're crying. This is good. I know what t-shirt I'm getting you for your birthday. I literally cry laughing. Oh my gosh, it's not even that funny. It's not really. I'm, gonna try I'm, to get... I'm now deeply wounded and embarrassed. No, actually. no, no, no. I'm going to try to get a hold of myself. I don't even remember where I was now. Electromagnetism and gravity. Okay. Okay, I'm you better. Sure you okay? I'm better. Yes. Do you want me to scroll Ooh. it so you don't have to look at that word? Yes. <laughs> okay. So ultimately, this this was this uh, this theory or set of theories was identifying the similarities and perhaps even sameness of these two forces. Okay. Now, as it relates to this story, unspecified researchers, as the lore goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thought that some version of this unified field of electromagnetism and gravity would permit large electrical generators to ultimately bend light okay. around an object, effectively making it invisible. Okay. It sounds like the kind of science that would have thrived in that time frame. Okay, yeah. Um, it's kind of a fascinating idea. It is, it is, and it probably worked and all of this is true. And it's yet one more conspiracy out there. I love it. Anyway. Conspiracy. Okay, here we go. So there are a handful of versions of this story that exist, but I've tried to grab just the pieces that are most commonly shared amongst the versions. Mm -hmm. um, it is claimed that the USS Eldridge was fitted with these needed large generators. Okay. And that testing began. One test resulted in the ship being nearly invisible, with some witnesses reporting a greenish fog appearing in its place. Okay, so they actually really did, like, kind of make it happen. That's what several reports would would claim. Who were the witnesses? Were they... Well, you have 
let, let's wait and get to that part. Oh, okay. Let me just get through this and then we'll, we'll okay. revisit some of that. Um, so crew members complained of severe nausea afterwards. Okay. Some of them did. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly of greater urgency is that when the ship did fully reappear, some of the sailors were embedded in the metal structures of the ship. Is that absolutely true? Well, the whole thing's true, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Or is it? That's that's the thing about the story. Okay. This is this is what several reports are. Okay. Um, one specifically, a guy ended up one deck below where he was when the project started and embedded in that lower deck and oh my gosh. stuff. <clears throat> some uh, some of the sailors as well suffered insanity, like just as it was over. Wow. Weird weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, a second experiment in the same year. Uh, after disappearing in a flash of, of blue light, the ship teleported to Norfolk, Virginia, over 200 miles away, was visible there for a few minutes, then it teleported back to its original position, um, and then it was also said that the warship had traveled 10 minutes backwards in time. And I'm guessing backwards in time to Norfolk and then Otherwise, if you'd traveled backwards in time on the way back, you'd have landed on top of your former self. That kind of breaks the whole right. thing, right? Um, hmm. So you got that. And yeah, now you have mixed mixed accounts all the way through. There is one rando astronomer, scientist, something rather guy who has wrote letters, something, all kinds of stuff on him. But then... He was discredited as being insane. But, of course, he's discredited by the government. The government. The damn government. <laughs> you have to really protrude your lower jaw further yeah. than your upper jaw when you say government. That's why I can't say it correctly. Um, I, like, really want that to be true. There but... were some reports of crewmen on another ship that was in Virginia that saw them appear saw them disappear there. But then likewise, you also have groups who were provable that they were there that said nothing happened, which led to conspiracies then that there was mass brainwashing of keep in mind. Now we've got psychological and brainwashing and control research going on too. Right. I know. So the same arguments, ultimately it's the same arguments that would be used to prove it was, incorrect could also be reversed and used to say that it was correct, that it did happen. Um, And it's one of the, it's kind of back to like any good conspiracy theory, just like the whole spherical earth versus flat earth debate Mm -hmm. between those groups where each one would take the position to say, well, no, you prove mine's wrong. Yeah. And nobody gets anywhere. Right, 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 right. Like, I super want that to be true because I genuinely believe, and I think this is why I was so fascinated by the Guinness Book of Records, too. I believe there is so much capacity, both in humans, but also, like, there's so much of the universe and how it works and physics yes. and all kinds of stuff that we don't even grasp. Yes, absolutely. So there is part of me that wants to believe that really happened, but then also there is maybe the brainwash part of my brain that's like, I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised either way. 
I think that's fair. I'll, I, I agree. So as I, as I was reading through this, when I hit the point of it talking about the greenish fog and then the part about being embedded in the ship, then I remembered what I remembered that I'd forgotten that I used to know that I didn't know uh -huh. that whole thing. Yes. Well, 1984, Hollywood gave us the movie, The Philadelphia Experiment. And I can now remember renting and watching that movie on VHS and the preteen me loved that movie. Okay, there we are yes. at The Philadelphia Experiment. I had not heard of it. it when you started talking about the, the worship, like being in one place and then teleporting, it did, it actually did trigger something in the back of my brain that was like, oh, I think I actually. A repressed memory because uh, you were there? Maybe in my past life. Well, or not. If I could be there to visit with my young protege, Henry, surely. Well, maybe. But it is, I, I, you know, I went through this long phase when I was in late elementary, middle school, kind of into high school, that I loved to read paranormal, supernatural, mm -hmm. question mark things, like what happened here. And so I think I have at some point read this. I just yeah. did not think of the Philadelphia Experiment as being the I, nomenclature. I kind of want to go watch the movie again. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to spoil my memory of how good it was. Right. That's I suspect fair. the older version of me might not enjoy it as much. That's fair. Yes. Okay. Um, well, in 1981, at a time when we were both actually truly alive, yes. IBM unveiled its first PC personal computer. That's what PC stands for. Thank you. I thought it was their first politically correct statement. <laughs> They were ahead of the curve in 1981. Uh, it sold for $1,600, but but to get one with the floppy drive and the monitor, which, okay, which would be nice. Which we what, what else are you going to use? TV. Okay. Well, that's what we use now. Is that was was that a capability of TVs back then? That's uh, what we ran our original Commodore 64 through oh, as a television. Okay. Well, if you wanted that floppy drive and monitor, the full package, it's going to cost you three thousand and. $5. Now, inflation adjusted, that's about $12,000 yes. in 2020 monies. I'm, I, I would suspect that even though that was called a personal computer, that anybody that actually had the equivalency of 12 grand to spend probably wasn't the type of person that would also be a computer geek. No, that's not yeah. not a tremendous in those mm -hmm. in those that Venn diagram yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. intersection is pretty small a little little teeny sliver yeah. of intersection there okay well do you want do you want to talk about disruptive technology yeah any? let's talk about that a little okay. bit maybe I cannot have a fall apart laughing face well, I hope not I don't think like... I misspelled anything on this part or typoed either there's no <laughs> there's no uh, Editing marks from the word processor there, right. so I think we're okay. Yes, um, I could probably fumble over my words and <laughs> say something embarrassing now. Um, so, disruptive technology computers obviously existed at this point. Yeah, they had for quite some time, but they were you know the size of a dump truck and yes, required like, substantial cooling and right would take up an entire room. Right, and, could yeah. almost work as well as one of our little calculators now. Mm -hmm. and, all of that. And so, and they cost, obviously, a lot of money. And so a computer maker like IBM 
would have been, they, they would have sold one or two a year at a magnificent price and it would have been a worthwhile business model. Mm-hmm. Well, a disruptive technology, and this isn't the only definition of this that's true, but a disruptive technology doesn't mean necessarily that it is technology like a computer is technology. Right. Um, it's just the word that's used. A disruptive technology is something that takes an existing thing and presents it in a different enough fashion that it is available to a client base that was previously not a client base. Yeah. So it creates clients that did not exist. Mm-hmm. And that's what the concept of the personal computer did because nobody was going to go out and buy the ENIAC. Right. Right. Except yeah. a major company. Right. Um, now, how many people are going to go buy a PC at 12 grand? Again, not many, especially when it's a foreign and new idea. So, IBM didn't really nail the whole disruptive technology side of things. I think, honestly, they were still clinging pretty heavily to the desire of we'd, you know, we'd far rather make two and sell them right. for a lot of money than make two million and sell them for a little each. Right. Uh, but that is, in fact, how industries get overturned. And a true, true free market, which we're as close as anybody is anymore, but we're not tr- completely that any longer. But in a true free market... That's exactly how monopolies get taken down. By disruptive technology. By disruptive technology. Because when you get big as a company, as anything, think of it as a human being. When you get big, you lose some of your nimbleness. Yes, absolutely. Same thing. Big company, they're no longer as nimble and able to move around quickly. Um, Very few, if any, innovations, discoveries are made by big companies. They're purchased by them. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you can if you can come in with one of these disruptive ideas that brings an existing thing or a version of it to the masses mm-hmm. rather than the the few you take over and you do and you eventually may even push out that pre-existing technology completely that or that company they no longer exist and then you get big and as you look at the metrics of what makes, well, it makes a lot more sense to have a tiny workforce to make two computers a year and sell them for a lot of money than it does to have a factory and thousands of workers and small profit margins and all of that. Yeah. So as you grow as a company, you just naturally fall into that same thing until the next disruptor comes along. And the true masters of business, if there is such a thing, would be those who find a way to perpetually recreate themselves in a new disruptive way yeah. so that they do not become obsolete themselves. Interesting. It is interesting. What That's, are some, off the top of your head, what are some uh, disruptive technology examples? Well, that's one with yeah. computer um, is the iPhone disruptive? Yeah, yeah, the phone. And that's really tied into the same thing because that is what was done. Mm-hmm. Um, but the phone, even if you just removed all of the computing capabilities and just said the mobility of mm-hmm. a, a cell phone, that is – we're not far away, I don't think, from the retirement ultimately of a landline. Yeah, 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 totally. I think a lot of a lot of – Office buildings that have many, what you would think would be landlines, are actually operating off of a, a mass cellular thing. Oh, really? They have their own little switchboard type thing yes. within that yeah. those uh, run through. But yeah, it's 
it saves so much money instead of running and upkeep and maintenance of cabling right. everywhere. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, good, good learning. Good stuff. Why don't, uh, why don't you, you want that one or you want me to take that one? I'll take this one. Uh, it's a sports ball. Yeah. I always yeah, yeah. love the sports ball. So 1986, baseball player Don Baylor sets a record. Here we go again with the records. It's getting, good to have records. Yep. Getting hit by a pitch for the 25th time in a season. That's significant. I feel like I relate to Don on a very spiritual level at this moment. I I don't have the talent to be a professional baseball player. Well, but maybe he didn't either. It, I never had to take a swing. He got on base 20 freaking five times. Yeah, because if you get hit by a pitch, you get to... Yeah, get a free base. Yeah. Most of the time. Okay. Most of the time. Now, the, the umpire has the judgment call to see if, you know, you were leaning into it or if you were not really completely in the batter's box and some of that. 25 times in one season. That's now, a lot. Now, granted, in a baseball season, there's a lot of games, but still. Still, it's 25? a lot. It makes me wonder if maybe Don was a jerk <laughs> because pitchers have been known to take a purposeful shot at somebody. Yeah. And those balls are uh, flying at you, what, Pretty 90 fast. miles an hour? A lot of, a lot of fast balls flying around. Yes. Um, I got to think at some point, like maybe at, at like 12 or even generously 18, at that point, everybody's like, dude, we got to help Don get the record. Yes. And so then they're gunning for him That's after for that. Sure. That's for sure. Okay. So way to go, Don Baylor. All right. Okay. So... Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There was, this is like a not awesome, but it reminded me of an insane story that I don't think I've ever told I'm you. I'm not even going to look at our notes. You shouldn't. I, I've you never shouldn't. heard this story and I just want to experience yeah. it for the first time right now. So the, what inspired the, the trigger was, it was on this day in a year that I don't recall that former U.S. President Jimmy Carter announced, let it be known that he had cancer. Okay. Um. So Jimmy Carter and I'm like, oh, memory, right? Yeah, that in the Philadelphia experiment, things were just yeah, but I didn't to the top. I didn't even need to remember the thing I forgot to remember okay. the thing that I once knew. Yes, I just knew this immediately. All right, here we go. Um, so, like pre fifth grade, um, I went to a church summer camp, mm-hmm. and everybody's going to have a different mental image of what that is. I have a firm one in my mind right now. Well, this one was out in the middle of nowhere. 
Outer Dirt is like a 15 minute drive to a place where there was even a paved road, I feel like. It was on dirt roads. Okay. Not even not even gravel. Dirt roads. Okay. And way out on this property in the middle of nowhere, there were one, two, three, like four cinder block buildings. <clears throat> two of them were dormitories. Okay. One of them was a small main office. One of them, I don't know what the other one was. We didn't get to go in it. Okay. And then there was, the a, you know what a pole barn is? No. Pole barn is the roof of a barn with just the poles structures on the side to hold the roof up. There's no walls on it. Like a tabernacle at Falls Creek. Well, like, yeah, not it. not quite as grandiose as that was. This sounds like, a. I'm, I mean, I don't mean to be hurtful, but it sounds like a little bit of a podunk. Camp. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's why I'm describing it. I don't want people imagining a, a highfalutin fancy fancy camp with air conditioning and right, 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 right. Arts and crafts and did the, all the things. Did the cinder block cabins have air conditioning? Yes, ish. Okay. Window units, probably. I think actually what it had were swamp coolers, which is the poor man's version of an air conditioner. Okay. All right. Continue on, please. Okay. The pole barn was where we would gather for the multiple daily sermons that as children were so important for us to hear, right? Yes. And then there was a field full of stickers, cockleburs oh, out man. there where they let us play. So every little bit, somebody's bawling because they've got goat heads. That's what they were embedded in their palms. They or hurt. Knees. Hell yeah, they hurt. And they get stuck in your shoelaces and yes. then you're really in trouble. Then you're in trouble for the rest of the day. So they hadn't... It wasn't like, you know, just like the, the whole thing isn't that clean of a place, yeah. uh, of a setup. Likewise, the leadership wasn't solid. <laughs> okay. There hadn't been a really clear explanation of expectations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we just finished lunch, which I'm sure was like Little Caesar's Pizza and Kool-Aid or something. Just, you know, as cheap as they could feed us because... I'm sure they were pocketing some of the money, hoping to make it big in the the profit of doing the Lord's work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the boys head back to the dorm. It, like see, it wasn't air conditioned, swamp cooler. It was at least cooler than a July summer in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. No wind out there. I think it was down in a little valley and just sticky and hot. So we head in there and. You know, we're we're little guys, and we're getting a little rambunctious and a little bit loud. And uh, it was like just as we looked over very oddly and realized that over in the corner bunk, and it was just a room full of, of bunk beds, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Over in the corner bunk on the bottom was an old man. What? In there trying to take a nap. What? Which was weird. We hadn't seen this dude. was been there a couple days. We hadn't seen the dude the whole time. I'm like, happening this is a place for little boys <laughs> i'm deeply concerned at yes, this point yes i was as well and it was right as we saw him then one of the other counselors comes like comes in like the police kicking the door in oh my right and he's hollering at us and he's he's telling us that it was against the rules that we weren't supposed to be in there which again, they, nobody told us yeah. anything about that, and that we'd woken up this old man who he told us was a former president. 
and we're like, holy shit, really? And uh, you know, we're, that news really caught us off guard. Yes. We weren't expecting to cross paths with a former president, maybe any time in our whole lives, right? Let alone passed out of sleep. Right, in a boy's bunk area. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. On a dirt road. Yeah. In a valley. In a hot swamp. <laughs> cool. Of the floors, you, know, you track in dirt and it turns into mud. Yeah. yeah Just yeah, a yeah, terrible yeah. place. What are you doing here? <laughs> president? Mr. President. You, you had done so well for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you were at the top of the world. Now what happened? Oh, how the mighty have fallen. So the counselor, he's one of these real triggered, just always feeling challenged. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People, which I don't have a lot of patience with. Uh-huh. Always feeling challenged. What'd you say? Always like somebody was. And so what he decided that we had not taken this whole offense as seriously as he believed it was, yeah. plainly a grave problem to be waking the president and to be in the dorm secondarily or vice versa. Who knew? Yes. So he decided he was going to escalate on it yeah. and take us over to the main office, which was a tight, it was a single room yeah. office. Sure, 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 sure. I'm not even sure there were windows. It was like a rape shed or something. <laughs> it was terrible. Yo. He takes us over. Well, I'm just trying to paint a picture of what it was like. Okay. All right. Sure. I'm not saying anybody did or didn't. I'm just saying it didn't happen on that weekend. Okay, okay? all right, all right. We go in there and he flips the light on and gets the phone and he's gonna he's gonna show us. He's gonna have each of us call our parents Whoa. and tell us about the grave offense that we'd commit. Goodness. And so I call my mom, and I'm at this point, I'm really confused. It's mostly confused, I'm, I'm sure. I'm usually quite aware of what the rules are when they've been made clear, and yeah. I make it a practice to abide, even if I bitch about it, because I don't like it, but I try to abide. That's right. So I call my mom, and while I'm on the phone, you know, I'm telling her what we'd done, kind of fumbling through it, and then said, and, and we accidentally disturbed the nap of a former president. And without missing a beat, my mom goes, Jimmy Carter? And I don't know what the hell. I don't even know who Jimmy Carter. I'm like, yeah, I guess. And she was so stunned that former president Jimmy Carter would be traveling through flyover country and taking naps in random secluded places that she didn't even think to be upset about it, right? She's just like, that's so crazy. I'm going to have to tell your dad, you know, just all of this. And I'm like, okay. I mean, he didn't look like that impressive of a guy. It's just an old man over there sleeping around where little boys hang out. And so we hang up and the camp counselor has got a real smug look on his face. Yeah. And he hadn't really been listening. He couldn't hear her side. Right, 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 right. He's looking all smug. And then to revel in it, he's going to make me repeat the story to him. Yes. And so I tell him, you know, Todd. Told her we woke up the former president. She said, Jimmy Carter. So, yeah, yes. so his face color drains. He goes, well, he really grabs the phone, calls my mom and proceeds to, you know, tell her, oh, look, it was, you know, this guy was the former president of some organization, some tiny nondescript organization within a non-denominational church body in a regional oh. section of a, uh-huh. right? All of this stuff. 
<laughs> that it wasn't, unfortunately, it was not actually Jimmy Carter that I got to meet. Oh, that that was a roller coaster. It was. I could have. I lived it. I was gonna say for you that day was a true roller coaster of emotion, of highs and lows, yeah. and a brush with fame and a dirty old man. After yeah, and... after we found out it wasn't President Carter, it was confirmed he's just a dirty old man. Who, <laughs> who does that? Get out of here. I cannot believe I have known you since I was eighteen years old, and I have. Never once heard that story. It makes yeah. you wonder how many other stories there are, I've ever heard. I've, I've lived a little life. There's a <laughs> lot of things that you lose over time until you, you hit something that triggers the memory. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, was uh, a, that was an interesting song. My face hurts. All right. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Watch, read, listen, lifestyle. Yes. We could, you could watch the 1984 Philadelphia exper experiment. Pre, uh, pre Teen Kyle approves. I, I don't have any clue at this point. You could go watch some YouTube vids. Just search into the YouTube Philadelphia experiment and Flat Earth and see what happens. Well, I promise you, I promise you you'll see the, the science stuff that comes together okay. because that is in the Flat Earth model. Not and there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. One of the ideas is that because we're not a globe that's spinning, causing gravity forces, things, all the stuff, that we are in fact a, a disc. Yeah. That part of the universe expanding all of that is that we are accelerating upwards. Okay. Which is the replacement of gravity. And ah. when you look at things through this theory, the two are identical. Oh, okay. That's about all the knowledge of it I could grasp. All right. They went, they went deeper than I wanted to learn all the language system to handle. Excellent. I get it. All right. If you want to read something, I'm continuing to read You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. I'm almost done with it. Today, I came across a chapter that talked about time. This actually was a gut punch for me because she talks about the fact that if you are not respectful of time, if you treat time as something that can regularly be wasted, that time isn't gonna show up for you when you want it and need it to accomplish what you're trying to get done with life. That's not, I'm saying it in a very uninspiring way, but the way she said it was very inspiring. So I'm continuing to deeply enjoy it. Nice. So um, you could also read the Guinness book. Yes, the Guinness book of world records. Yeah. Which if you don't want to go get the book, you can probably find about anything you want to know on their website now. Ooh, good call. That's right. I wonder if they don't have this, they should. Yeah. And I'll probably call the twins. They're long gone, but they should have a deal where you can like click a button and it, it random number generates and finds just a random fact for you. That'd be pretty cool. Oh. I'd, I'd go to that website all the time if they do that. Maybe. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Yeah. And I'd like to be paid for that idea. Yes. Let's patent it. That's a cheap and uh, non-problematic process. Yes. I have nothing to listen to. Well, I did want to remind you of the Noble Blood podcast. Yeah, yeah. That. I guess so, you could listen to episodes of Awesome Today. Hell, you could go watch YouTube episodes of Awesome Today and help our terrible listener count, or viewer count, whatever yes. it is. My words are salady. That's right. You could do that. Nobody's going to do it. They've already stopped listening to this episode. <laughs>
lifestyle it up. Here we go. Okay, lifestyle. What may be the final ever installment of Mustache Wax Facts? Okay. So my final, my final two came in. I just to quickly review. Mm. We'd had two different ones from a company. Their branding is Can You Handle Bar. It's not the actual company's name, mm. but that was the branding on their two different mm-hmm. strengths. Yeah. Um, there's one that at least one of the two tens was called Death Grip. Ooh. That was the last one to arrive. The very first one to arrive was Mud Stash. Yes. So that Can You Handle Bar was pretty much just a traditional wax. Um, something that's not going to hold up tremendously well in the heat, but it's it's a decent mustache mm-hmm. wax. Mm-hmm. The Death Grip actually came with a guitar pick in the tin. That is intense. Now, it, it was not absolutely necessary. It was handy to use it to kind of scrape that stuff out of there to get it warmed up. Didn't have to use a blow dryer or run under hot water, any of that. Just rubbing fingers together, friction, all of that. Got it warmed up enough to apply it. That stuff is unlike anything I've ever used before. It was sticky. And then because of the wax. And not in a good way. No. No. Sticky like that's the sound your fingers make as you pull them apart. It was creepy. Yikes. Um, and so, yeah, that's in my mustache right now, which I'm not a huge fan of. It was sticky. It smells a little bit like soured honey. Mm. And it was a real pain in the butt to try to wash it off my hands after I... I don't like it at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it'll do a fine job. This is... I believe this is one of the brands that has been endorsed by some of the yahoos that get into the wacko mustache competitions where... Sure, sure, sure. You know, they could carry their grocery bags on each loop of the mustache. Just silly stuff. That's very extra. Um, um, but the mud stash, yeah, which was the one I got first, which was the weirdest. It was like a wet clay yeah. kind of consistency, and I didn't think I was going to like it. I love that one. I really do. Okay, so you have a winner. That's the winner, and I would say if, and beyond even somebody trying to be as eccentric as I've been with my mustache, what, what you have often is flyers. Mm. Just on a regular mustache, you'll get a randomly one of the hairs one day is just like, nope, not going to lay down. Yeah. I'm going to poke this way. Yeah. And if you just cut it off, then you end up eventually looking like a mangy dog. Yes. So a non, a non heavy wax mustache wax or product like this is going to be perfect for putting in combing your, your mustache down and then it should hold its form. So we've talked previously on Awesome Today about how I had to come to the epiphany and realize this thing about sunk cost value. And yes. To throw things away if they don't work. Are you going to rid yourself of the two losers of this batch? Most likely. Okay. But I am going to probably wait a few weeks, give each one a final test run, mm-hmm. and then make a determination of is it pure trash or is it something that could serve a niche purpose like if i'm going to go on a road trip or if i decide hey i'm you know i think it's cool to carry mustache wax in my pocket just in case you know just in case you run into the president taking a nap in a little boy's area then you know i could utilize it there i don't know but most likely they'll all get thrown away okay or mailed to the 
Carter Foundation and apologies for <laughs> sullying the imagination of his historical name. Okay. Well, I have one last lifestyle to add. Uh, so as when the 90s came back into vogue, mm -hmm. as they have here in the uh, late 20-teens and, and now into 2020, um, at first I was so skeptical. I was like, scrunchies, we did away with these a long time ago, girls. But no, they are here to stay in terms of back in fashion for hair. But the great thing is, is there's so much more expanded variety than we had oh, in the nineties. Yeah. And one kind that I found that I am loving is I have it in right now. It looks like if you have put your hair up and then tied a scarf around it because you're very fancy and very cool and sophisticated. But there's no tying required. There's no tying required. The tie is on the scrunchie. That's nice. And also when you have curly hair like mine, you're mindful of how your scrunchie uh, is going to, handle your curls is it gonna stretch them is it going to put a lot of pressure it's the whole thing don't, similar to the mustache ruffle my ruffles yes yeah. exactly yeah. similar to mustache and beard care there's things to think about yeah these are they've got a nice with uh, greatness comes great responsibility right, right? something exactly. like that these are nice and satiny they're great for curly hair and they make me feel sophisticated, even though I am but a poor podunk girl from a flyover state. So you are the faux sophisticate. I, I'll accept that. Yeah, that works. That's probably some of the best sophistication. It's faux sophistication. Is when you get to fake it just enough. Now, that doesn't, you know, clip on ties or the, the old zipper tie. That yeah. That's a step too far. Okay. But... Uh, it's nice when you find a cheat in there. That it is nice. Actually, even probably performs better than one that you would tie. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Does the job. You don't have to worry about, oh, crap, I tied my hair into the thing and yes. it's going to pull my hair out now. Right. You have a really insightful understanding of, how, of the mechanics of this. Well, I'm a detail person. You are. I'm just imagining that if you were tying, you would tie your hair into it. That's happened to me many times when I've tied a scarf in my hair, so spot on. I have never tied a scarf or put a scrunchie in my beard either one. <laughs> AJ has begged me to. In fact, they make some... You know what? I'm not, I won't take the high road. I won't okay. take the high road. Okay. I'm just going to say some person mm -hmm. out there mm -hmm. around the Christmas time of year mm -hmm. has created little ornaments mm -hmm. that you would hang in your beard like a Christmas tree and AJ wants me desperately to wear those and I would rather shave my beard off yes than do that I think it is the antithesis of faux sophisticate okay good. it is for real trash <laughs> well trash is always a good note to end on right it is is that everything are there any other things all the things none of the things I think that's everything. All right. Keep an eye out for sleeping old men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you got to no? say it. Are you afraid of me now? What happened? No, I, I'm laughing. That's good. Now do the... I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me say it. You don't want to, you don't want to close it out? Have an awesome today, would you? Oh, wow. that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Good day. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Culottes and capri pants are certainly not the same thing. The one attribute they do share in common is that neither should be worn by men, even if they're in a camouflage print.
Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.